Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. So what have you been up to these days? I am on the job market, and so I've been thinking a lot about careers in data science and mm. learning a lot about careers in data science. How much do data scientists make? That is a good question, Ben. Let's talk about it. You're listening to Linear Digressions. So from your action, I my, my assumption is that you didn't necessarily know and now you have an idea? Uh, yeah, so this is kind of a twofer uh, question for me. One, <laughs> I think it's kind of interesting to just talk a little bit about what data science, how lucrative it can be sort of as mm -hmm. a field to work in. Um, and that's one of the reasons that a lot of people are interested in it because it's, it's interesting work, but it also pays pretty well or has that reputation. Yeah, and there are a lot of people that need it and not very many people who know it very well. Right, supply and demand. Yeah. But if we want to be a little bit more meta about it, if I want to say something like, what is my market rate as a data scientist? That can always be a little bit of a dicey proposition because say I, I know how much somebody else makes, but that person has two more years of experience than I do, and but I have a PhD, but maybe that person is a manager, but maybe I have a little bit more experience, but maybe they're mm. based in Chicago and maybe I'm based in San Francisco. And it can be very tricky to understand how to really craft something that's perfect for me, right? To know what my rate is. Yeah, that seems difficult. Because basically you're saying there are a lot of variables basically, that yes. go into figuring out what your market rate is. Uh-huh. However, if you can find lots of examples of data scientist salaries, and you can ask the data scientists a bunch of questions about their their own features, right? Mm, what's your education? Their education, what's, their education yeah. yeah, all these different things. Um, then there's actually a very popular type of data science model that you can write that then tells you how each of these individual features um, tends to influence like the final number that you get as the salary out the other end. That is so cool. Yeah. Using data science to figure out to figure out what you are worth as a data scientist. Yep, that's what we're talking about. That is very meta. So what is what is this particular algorithm or what what is it called? It's a linear regression. Which linear. Is, huh. Sound familiar? That sounds familiar. Um, so what's a linear digression? Speaking of which. I, I'm, I mean, I'm asking. That's not a, it's not a thing, Ben. Uh, <laughs> it's the name of our podcast. Oh, no. I thought it was a thing. Okay, so yeah, our podcast name comes from linear regression, but it's digression because we tend to get off on tangents mm -hmm. uh, like this one. Right. So uh, Linear regression is a, actually a very, very powerful tool. And so the idea of, you know a, a lot about like supervised classifiers. We've talked about that where you have uh, a, a bunch of examples that have features and then a label that you're trying to predict. So is this a man or a woman or whatever? Yeah, so you give these the, this labeled data set to the computer and you say, optimize from these inputs to these outputs. Go ahead and optimize yourself to make all that happen. Yep. And then you can feed it new inputs and theoretically, or if you've done it right, then your outputs from the new things that you're feeding into it will be uh, somewhat accurate. Yeah, so a regression is exactly the same general idea, except coming out the end is not a label, but it's a number, um, and it's or it's a, a an ordinal number. I should also say, like you couldn't use it to predict someone's phone number because that's a number, but it doesn't really mean anything. Okay. Um, but a salary is a number that sort of has an order that implies information. If I make a hundred thousand dollars, that's twice as much as making fifty thousand dollars. And so, yeah, you're right. So I, uh, when I'm training a linear regression, what it learns is a bunch of what we call the regression coefficients. So those are multiplicative factors that apply to each of the input variables. 
And so then for any given set of input variables, you can see how it bumps up or down your salary that you predict at the end. Mm, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, super powerful. And it's, it's fun. You, you, so then the thing that's really nice about that is sort of in the example that I gave at the beginning. Yeah. Um, you can really uh, customize it for yourself. So something that I don't have as a grad student is a lot of industry experience to know what my market rate mm, is mm-hmm. as a data scientist. I mean, um, you have a physics degree. I've, right, yeah. <laughs> well, which I think should be worth something. <clears throat> but like, I don't know. I don't know how much that's worth. Mm-hmm. But I can, uh, using this regression, figure out how much money my PhD is worth based uh, on the fact that I've gone into industry with it. There's a number <laughs> that's attached to the PhD. Um, and this isn't, again, this isn't a, a sort of set in stone number. But this is what they see, just the pattern, as, as they look at all the different people that they've surveyed. There's about 800 people that are in this data set. And so the ones who have the PhDs, all other things being equal, make on average. Uh, do you want to guess how much a PhD is worth? Oh, gosh. In your salary? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to guess. Uh, <laughs> I want you to tell me. <laughs> it's, 11, 000, it's about $11,000. Okay, so you would make 11000 more per year with a PhD than doing the same job without? All other things being equal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Although, you know, it's sort of... I mean, having a know. PhD does change other variables. Like, you're probably unlikely to have a PhD at age 22. And so it might not work for someone who's trying to predict their salary with an age of 22. But if they're, say, 30, then it may actually work. Right. And there are some interactions um, between these variables that a linear regression, depending on exactly how you set up the linear regression, it may or may not look at those interactions. So for example, Uh if I have a PhD, that might mean that I have certain other skills that show up in other places. Mm -hmm. So, you know, depending on whether I have those skills as also sort of features in the regression or not, then sometimes I can over or underestimate, in particular, I could overestimate the effect of some of these features if you don't have a sort of a a set of features that encompasses all the things that matter. It's called uh, missing missing, uh, variable bias, basically. Missing variable bias. Mm -hmm. So you're missing some data and that bias is your result. Yeah, yeah. You end up basically putting too much weight on the stuff that you do have relative to how much of a difference it actually makes. So let me give you an example of what I mean by this, because missing variable bias is actually a really important thing. So there's a number of variables that show up in this regression. All right. So what what are a couple of them? And the one that tends to make the most difference is where do you live? Uh, Okay. So you probably would rather live somewhere like Chicago or the Bay, San Francisco Bay Area, or yes, you make not Kansas. You make a lot more money if you're in California. You make a lot less money if you're in Europe or Asia. Um, They don't as a data scientist specifically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't break it down super specifically, but you you can get a sense for if there are sort of outliers. The next thing that makes a big difference is the industry that you work in. Um, So if you work in Hate to say this is a, you know to you as a Udacity employee, but if you work in education, oh, um, we're that's probably not the bottom good. of the barrel. That's <laughs> not good for your prospects as a data scientist. Uh, tech education might be a little bit different, but education yeah. in general, that's not it's not where the money is. Your age and your experience levels are both taken into account in this model. That in general, as you get older and as you get more experienced, you tend to be paid more. The properties of the company that you work at, if it's a big company that's well-established, it's been around for a long time, you get paid more in general Mm -hmm. when you work there. There's also a set of 
Um, I thought this was really interesting. A set of features that's based on the tools that you're able to use. And so they have three different clusters of tools. So the first one is stuff like Excel and some of these like um, statistical analysis packages that are used for like business intelligence and things okay. like that. If you happen to use something in that tool, in that cluster of tools, it actually brings your salary down. Oh, no. So they find that the people who do most of their work in uh, like, you know, SAS and Excel actually tend to make less money. So don't use Microsoft Excel for data science. What you should use instead is you should use something like Python or R that you, oh. those are rewarded more in terms of salary if you use those tools. And also if you know things like uh, Spark or Storm or Hadoop or some of these like kind of fancier data science tools, there's a big premium that people will pay you if you have those uh, as, as part of your toolkit. The last thing that I want to talk about, the focus of um, omitted variable bias that I've spent a lot of time thinking about is gender. So Gen oh. gender is in here. How much less do you think you make as a female than as a default male? I would love to say zero. But how, how how much? So is here's that? a question. Um, Am I gonna get really depressed? I was a little depressed. Oh, it's over thirteen thousand dollars. Thirteen thousand dollars a year? More than a PhD. More, so, <laughs> oh so, man. But, so but here, so I was I was trying to unpack this a lot last night, yeah. and so this is why I think it's interesting to talk about omitted variable bias because <clears> there's a lot of people who would say like. Oh, that's not because you're a woman that you're making less money. It's because of some other feature of you that's correlated with being a woman, but it's not because you're a woman. So maybe it's something like, I have this hypothesis that women don't negotiate as well. So if I were to have a separate feature in this regression for how well you negotiate, maybe I would see the effect of the gender go mm. down a little bit because then yeah, you can the, absorb the, it into another feature. Yeah, the bias is in the other feature. Okay. Right. Or I might say, I have this hypothesis that men work longer hours than women do. I don't know if this is true, but that would the way that you would understand that with this regression is you would add that as a question to the survey and then as a term in the regression. And um, so that's how you can disentangle when people say things like, women make less money than men for XYZ type of work. This is the way that you control for all of the things like, do they have as much education? Do they have as much experience? Um, you know. Are they working in the same kinds of jobs? All of those things are taken into account in, in this regression. Or like we said for the example of maybe negotiating, they're mm -hmm. explicitly not taken into account. Um, and so then you can really start to zero in on exactly what the effect is of an individual variable, like in this case, gender. So here's a question for you. Yeah. This algorithm is predicting how much you would be likely to make within the world that this data set exists. Yeah. So, so I guess the, the question that I would want to ask you is if you plug in all of your features to this algorithm oh, I did and that. it yeah. spits out a number, <laughs> yeah, right? Right. Is that the number you ask for? Or do you ask for a number in a more idealized world? Like ideally, just being a woman shouldn't mean that you make less money. Yeah, I have no intention of asking for thirteen thousand less dollars. I think I can do just as good of a job as a dude. Yeah. So then you wouldn't use this as a predictor of how much you should ask for necessarily without taking those pieces into account. Well, I think I mean at least for me, what I do is I solve it both ways. Yeah. Um, and I say what's the going rate for a man and what's the going rate for a woman, and I 
I don't really want the lady discount. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I will take my full salary. Are there other features that you would consider plugging in different values for and, and kind of... Oh, yeah. So the one that um, I, I was also looking at was the California premium. That makes a huge... That's like $25,000 more oh, wow. if you're in California. Yeah, there's a huge premium. And there's also premiums that you, that you pay in other uh, regions. So if you're in like the mid-Atlantic or the Northeast, if you're like on the East Coast, you also make more money. But California is like a huge... Um, a huge extra chunk of change. But yeah. most of the jobs that I'm looking at, I'm moving to the Midwest. And so then I ran it both ways, whether I, cause this is a question that I have too, is I feel like I understand, I feel like I understand the Silicon Valley data science scene fairly well. I have a lot of data scientist friends and I feel like okay. I understand how things work here. Um, but if I'm moving to a different city, then d- does that knowledge port well to another city? And so what this is telling me is that, um, at least for the data set, the, the people that they looked at for this data set, um, I should expect that the differential is something on the order of $25,000 extra that you will be paid if for doing the same work in, if you're here. in Silicon Valley yeah. than in, you know, somewhere else. So that's a place where, you know, that, that can easily be a, a, a large portion of your salary. Yeah. <laughs> I was really interested to see, yeah, how much of a... If I have certain expectations based on living in Silicon Valley, whether I should, how much I should adjust them by, I'm not sure if I'm gonna ask for twenty five thousand. Like that's a lot of money. It's <laughs> a lot of money. Um, but it does sort of drive home, uh, you know, how unique of a place it is that we live in, right? That that there's so much desire for data science talent that that there's these huge premiums that companies are willing to pay to have people out here do data science work for them. Yeah, Silicon Valley is a weird place. (laughs) It's a really weird place. Yeah, yeah, I will agree with that. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for running us through that algorithm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I wish this algorithm could exist for everything, you know, for any job that you would want. But you need data for that, right? And so you have to go and ask a couple hundred people who work at the video game store if you want to work at a video game store and to, to figure out what is the, really the rate that you should go for. Yeah. Or fill in the blank job. Right. And and I mean, there's online resources for things like this, like Glassdoor. And, yeah. And um, you can get some idea sort of of what the market rate is for any given industry. But I think especially for something like data science that we really... Like to think that we're so we're such a data driven group of people that we should uh, we should actually just yeah go around the numbers. Right. So of course, if this existed for any industry, it would be for data science. I know, right? Um, yeah. So I thought it was really it was really fun to to read about the modeling and also to learn how how much or how little money I am I am worth as a data scientist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time warp. We're in the future now. So the episode that we just played was recorded a little bit ago. What happened with your job search? Uh, so it is concluded now. Um, I'm very excited to be uh, starting in the fall at a Chicago-based company. It's called Civis uh, Analytics. I'll be doing a sort of research and development-oriented data science role there. Um, and it's a really cool company. It's uh, about 100 people. It's not real big. Um, and they do a really interesting mix of sort of data science, like fundamental data science research and also consulting. Uh, for, in particular, political campaigns. So they do a lot of electoral 
uh, electorally sort of focused data science, and then also working with nonprofits and NGOs and some corporate clients as well. So a really interesting mix of stuff. Uh, very excited. Linear Digressions is a podcast about data science and machine learning, produced and recorded in the studios of Udacity, a company dedicated to education. We've got some awesome courses made by people like Katie and me in data science and other tech fields. We should also remind you that all views expressed during this program were those of the speakers and not of Udacity. This is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time.